0: 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast, brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to the Dark Ages. Welcome, everybody, to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob. And your ever-professional podcast providers are going to be plinking down a little bit of Masters of the State, uh, part two of our deep dive into the Labellus Sanguinis, uh, Dark Ages, quote-unquote, clan bookie type things, which is the professional uh, term for them. How are you today, Bob?
1: I'm doing pretty good with the clan bookie type things. It's pretty good.
0: Uh, I want to, uh, before we move forward, um, uh, is it possible we're going to be able to finish both remaining chapters of this book in this podcast?
1: Now... The answer is yes. Um, could we could we split them up? We sure could. Um, the Ventru clan is written deceptively detailed. You'd have to really do a lot of jumping around, which is the thing of me reading it was like because I'm kind of skipping ahead. But the whole yeah. point is, you really have to digest that clan and be specific in your research to truly get what they got going on to uh-huh. to appreciate their whole setup. They're not typical.
0: I really appreciate how professional you come off when talking about how the Ventu are laid out in here. Uh, because it, honestly I don't think in any way you're wrong. However, um I have a bit of a differing opinion. I don't want to jump ahead and skip the Zemise. Um but uh yeah, I, I I I agree with you. You're right. But also uh, that that doesn't mean I um Anyways, we'll get to that later. I have opinions. If if it helps, so, I know where your misgivings are. <laughs> I can of
1: course you do. Of I can see do. through the stars that surround mm. you.
0: I've done over a hundred podcasts with you. I probably have an idea of what your opinions are. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I don't know I don't know if you guys know this or not, but um we've been doing this podcast together since twenty sixteen. And we've been playing this game together since i'll go i'll say 2002 but let's, probably before that let's put it this way both prince and
1: michael jackson were still alive and making a career yeah yeah uh
0: michael jackson on the low end of his career but he was definitely still trying to put out hit records um yeah pop music was different back then um but he was white michael
1: jackson by then so i mean not that yeah long, we, not that we, long. we
0: we were we were not doing it before that but uh either way we've we've been playing this game together we have a fairly uh, decent understanding of what each other thinks and uh yeah so let's let's just fucking get right into it pardon my french but let's get into the zamis here and talk about them a little bit and uh, see how that they've been presented for the dark ages
1: first off the flavor of the zamis is awesome the hammer and home by the zamis don't talk about themselves they don't That's at all. Very true. This is entirely done from the excerpts of Tremere. Yeah. Right? The encounters yeah. they've had with them, the people. They've they've captured two Zemis and have them in a dungeon, and they're torturing them for all the information they're getting about the clan. At least one Zemis is. It's Celestin of Clan Tremere. My memory serves. It was her name. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's sort of giving a play-by-play. Note, though, some key things as we discuss this. Celestin at this point, is coming back from doing a deep-dive infiltration of clans she went and stayed and participated in all the fun and glory that clans had to offer to learn about them and bring back that information to house and clan tremere so they know the fiends they're dealing with and basically that's what you get is this in masters of the state is this is what we encounter this is what i have and you have your chime ins right certain other tremere jump in with backing up of info all, all lots of names of calling them fiends and bastards and what have you. That's, that's yeah. enough in here. Um, done tastefully, but it's there. And yeah. I, I felt it was very in depth, plenty, uh, plenty of knowledge.
0: I, I agree with you. Um, I think that, um, this chapter more so than any of the others, uh, I thought was just all around an interesting read, right? Um, for me, when I read this material, when I read any game material, period, as a, as a player, as a storyteller, but I'm just going to say as a player plinking down my money, when I read game material, I want to read something that is, um, you know, it's, it's provocative. Of course, it's going to like stir my interest, but it's also going to hold them. Um, I don't want to read material that makes me feel like I'm doing schoolwork right? Right. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like read through a book that's like an instruction manual. I truly don't. Like I want to read compelling material. And that's, that's the whole reason I ever even got involved in Vampire the Masquerade was because I was really into gaming. But back in the day, I never read any of the books. I just couldn't do it because it was like too much like doing schoolwork, right? You open the book, and it's instructions, and it's like, here's how many things you should have on your thing. And here, here's this thing, and here's that thing. And for me, that was just not entertaining. So I gamed oh, the same way a lot of other people game. I sat at the table, and I looked at my game master, and I went, tell me what to do. Right? I didn't read any of the material. I just was like, here's a character I made, because somebody told me how to make it. But when I started to discover the vampire stuff, it was, it was really compelling to me. It was very interesting. It told me a story that was like, like I've always been a fiction guy, right? I've always been a Stephen King horror type of kid. And stuff like this appeals to me. So long-winded explanation aside. I let leave. him go, folks.
1: That's my fault. In my head, I was, wrap it up, B.
0: Wrap it up. No, I'm joking. Come on. He's it's like, it's like pushing the button.
1: No, exactly <laughs> but, what you're doing is you're establishing that as you're reading this, they need to keep in mind you're coming from their angle. Mm-hmm. The same angle. You put your money down, right. you, want, you want to do right. this, it's this what you're going for. That's well, incredible I think, insight.
0: I think, too, it, it helps uh, to, to explain my perspective as a reviewer, right? I may not have the same perspective as a lot of other reviewers who are looking for you know, just hard, fast, dry information. That's not what I'm going for, right? I want to feel immersed. And I, I, I think that immersion is an imperative for anything, any good game. Long story short, wrap that shit up. Um, <laughs> reading this story, that's, that's what I get. I get immersion into the clan because it's coming from the perspective of the Tremere who are fighting against the Zamis and what they're experiencing. Right. And I, feel like, I feel like the horror of someone else experiencing the Zamis is maybe even more profound than the Zamis telling you about why they are what they are.
1: I am going to tell you where I know though, for folks who've read this book or claim to have read this book, here's the failing point of this book. The intro story is awesome. Right. And I know how this occurred and it's definitely occurred in the LARP scene, which I think bled to tabletop in a lot of ways. And that's, Oh, the Tremere grab people. And if they weren't invited, they torture the shit out of them. And they talk real creepy and that's all they're about. Mm-hmm. And that's it. The rest is like, you know, body horror and, and whatever. And that's like, that. okay. And then they assume knowledge right? They'll open this book and they'll paraphrase and they read until they got bored, same as what you were describing. Um, mm-hmm. Although, maybe not now. I have Certainly not now, but that's that's the eyes of back in the day is what I was getting. Um, and when he did that, they walked around and said, I know Zemise, I could do it because I know torture and I could spouse some key terms. Here's where the disservice occurs. If you do not do due diligence, you're going to miss out big time right. when you take this quote-unquote clan lords. right? I feel we got to talk about that. When people yep. take clan lores and they don't read the Dark Ages in the modern book, what do you know? Right? And I'm not saying that they're like, oh my god, I'm a new person and Bob's telling me I gotta go and like freaking educate myself to be able to talk to something. Yes. <laughs> this is reality. And if you talk about something, even if... It's like people talking about Game of Thrones and they never read the book, but want to quote that the movie or the shows are the end-all be-all. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to go off on some tangent of profound significance, the conversation better be from a basis of entertainment. Because if you're trying to educate someone and tell them their opinion's wrong,
0: eh, you're going to no, sound I, foolish. And the same and I, is here. I completely agree with you, right? And, and here's, here's what I mean by that. Like, obviously, I completely agree with you about most shit that we talk about on this podcast. But I've never read the Game of Thrones books. I can uh, unabashedly, without shame, admit I've never read those books. But I, I don't have time. However, I have watched the shit out of that show, and I will sit down at length with Bob or with anybody else, and I'll talk about that show all day long. What I won't do is give you an education on where the Targaryens came from and what, what era they, they, they emerged from and how the Stark family got it started. I don't know any of that because it's not in the show. Don't right. know it. Can't right. talk to it. Don't and care. Then- but if I wanted to know, I could go read those books.
1: Right. And, and the books give insight and that's, that's what they're for. But in the sense that, uh, that might be, that's the analogy I think is as good as anybody to relate to a mass mm-hmm. audience right now. Right. But when right. it comes to vampire for years, we've been battling the so-called experts, you know, the mm-hmm. people you run into that have all this lore and and we've missed years, guys. We've missed a lot of energy here because they gave yeah. you the answers to that lore, short, concise, and to the point, which is what we're not being in this podcast. So we'll get to it. Um, feeds it starts off with it talks about fiends of the east and this is celestine opening up and basically giving you all the basics and monikers of the clan and what they're known about but really she's laying out the lands they're at right they're from the vales beyond the elbe in sclavia Mm -hmm. you know she's met the various incarnate devils as she calls them these fiends and monsters the word vampire comes from there it's not vampire yet and that's that's how it works and she's referring to even places beyond that, and thus coining the term "old country." Now, right. the land of the Zamis, the old country. Um, a lot of folks like to believe that this is a specific place, right? That this is a obviously if it's the old country, they're not talking about the new country, you know, because Istanbul is now Constantinople. So, you know, I'm being humorous. If you get the <laughs> joke, congratulations. But the uh, the point is, is that the domain and they to referring to when they mention old country. It never changes. It's the same territories that are there. They refer to the old country from a sense of wherever you're at in the world. If someone says old country, it's Prussia, it's Romania, it's the it's the lands that surround the black uh, the Black Sea. It's the Carpathian Mountains. It, did right. I say
0: Romania? I think, it did. I think you did. I think you did mention Romania. Yes, and that's where I, I don't know why I affected that. That was weird, but <laughs> it works. It works. It works.
1: But those are the territories that they're talking about. And that's awesome, right? Because as Celeste goes through here, Celeste, excuse me, goes through here, she's mentioning how new fresh eyes got here. She started to see something very different because they're isolated over there from the rest of what's going on in the known world. And what's interesting is she makes, they make a point here to to say it's older to us because we've been ravaged. We come from areas that have been steeped in war and conquests and changing hands, and Rome did its damage, the barbarian hordes did it, the Vikings came. We've had all sorts of conflict and war at this time. However, the old country has remained untouched. They've been defending their lands forever, but then she points out that does not mean it's been safe to be there. Because old clans and Mies have been at war with each other since they were old clans in That's right. It's just part and parcel of what they are. Now, other than that, I mean, you can read that for the specifics and the nuance. That's what I'm getting at is it's really nuanced. They talk about the Zemis being masters of the land. Now, there's a unique thing in here that caught me and blew me away, Nate, that I've forgotten about. And it's so culturally cool. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that the Zemis do two things very, very well. And it's pointing out the fact that they know they are not human at all anymore. Completely. Right. Right. Upon embrace to them, it's a spiritual transubstantiation into another entity, a different being. They are quite dead. And they refer to the blood in their veins as dead water. It's an awesome term, right? Yeah. Makes a lot of sense for their rituals. You know, as a kid, just like you said when I bought this book, you see a ritual of dead water, and cold are like, Oh, it's just thaumaturgy, but for special people. Who cares? And you move on. <laughs> However, I come through here again. And I'm reading it. And I was like, dead water. That's profound. I get this. And I'm sitting here going, that's awesome. So when a feeds on normal blood, they know they sup in the essence of life. The blood is the life, as Dracula had said. But it transubstantiates what keeps them alive is dead water. And they see themselves as spiritual beings bound to the land.
0: The land changes them. That's why they are what they are. That's the tie-in, folks. Can I I read a real quick little thing in here that I, I felt really stirred me? And I mean... People that listen to this probably know we we kind of like nerd out on this clan and yes. I I've, I've always enjoyed them immensely but uh this um this one little section at the beginning I thought uh let me see if I can find it here real quick um all right um it's uh basically the the writer Celestin talks about having been in the Carpathian area before right when when they were alive um, but uh, walking sa- says um, um, the leader, the learned reader may scoff at the last supposition. No material boundary separates one side of the Elbe from the other. No wall kept the Magyars from the Devil's Errands, etc. She goes on to talk about like there's no like there's no border, right? Um, but I remember when I walked for the first time into Transylvania, and though I was yet a mortal, I felt overwhelmed with a palpable malaise. <laughs> I felt as though with my every breath a miasma akin to the black fetter of the marshes entered my lungs. And now, though I breathe no more, I feel yet that the land reaches out invisibly to constrict me, like the worms that layer in the Scottish locks. Like, to me, that, that's the most telling thing. Like, not only are the Zemis terrible, terrifying, sickly, and disgusting, the, the, they, either they have tainted the land or the land has tainted them correct right. there's something so terrible about this place that it infests every poor uh, and and to me that that's i find that the most interesting right i i find the classic tale of the vampire who's tied to the land who is the sort of like dark master of of their world that's compelling to me. That's like one of the most compelling things. In fact, it's one of the only things I've found compelling about dark ages is that that can like, this is the time that's possible.
1: Right. And this is the clan that made that possible. Right. Right. This is exactly the brainchild that kind of the game we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's clear. It comes from this. Right. And, and, one of the great things about this, to break it down and give you some some meat to chew on, I know people like uh, mechanically minded like to understand as well. Mm-hmm. Let's go quick in culture, right? What I mean by quick in culture, how's the clan structured? It's real simple. Um, they do not recognize, uh, like for instance, you're not going to be a Bruja clan out of Zemis. Just because someone's a Bruja doesn't mean they're your buddy, right? You don't do that in clans of Zemise. You don't because it's set up that way. Because names matter, lineages matter, because your lineage tells what region you're from. Right. If you're from Moldavia, you do not kick rocks with somebody who's from Prussia and call them family. They may be of the blood, but you must remember there is a voivode you answer to. And on that voivode, that, that, that demesne, if you will, or Demenz, however you want to pronounce it, um, they have vast territories that that voivode has, and you swore an oath to that voivode. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you're of their land. You belong to that voivode. And that's how it is. Unless they did a right of releasing. And that's, yes, they have a, relight, a right where they let you go. Mm-hmm. If they didn't let you go, you are not Zemise of note. You're right. just a coward that ran. And there, that needs to be established because that, that matters later on into the, into the future, right? Um, but as of right now, your typical Zemise is born on the land that they have. And thus they're native to it. That native is what binds them to the soil. And thus the voivode sees them as theirs, and quite often that's a fact. The Zemis were your sole defense or your sole tormentor, but they would right. let no one else come to conquer you, and that's their importance in a nutshell. Yeah,
0: they 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 mention that uh, very distinctly that um, often your your voivodes are are those that are going to prey upon the locality, right? They're they're like those that serve under the voivode are theirs to torture to play with no one else gets to come in right so they're going to protect you from from you know those the venture the eastern lords the uh the bruja the tort whatever whoever's coming in to try to conquer no no they're the ones that are on the battlefield because only they have the luxury of torturing you
1: and they even talk about that further when they mention how the whole clan sees kiev over in russia kiev doesn't have a respectable prince anywhere and the Zemis keep it that way. And all Zamis go there to, to maim, torture, feed, kill, practice their metamorphosis, ideals, whatever they want to do, on all the people that live in Kiev. And Kiev is an important trading hub at this point. And it's interesting that the Zemis do that. You know, they'll go there in groups, they'll go there whenever they choose, and that's, that's just what they do. And that becomes ever more important, especially when the Mongols come through and lay waste. Right? And uh, we'll leave that for a later date but uh point is since we know we have regions and our loyalties to that region and we're from that region just because I'm Zamise I'm from Moldovia I was raised different than the one that's from Prussia you know we'll just use those two examples and who knows culturally speaking prussia has tall Uh, Not tall tales, but they're known for being exacting. They're known for being near near perfection on the battlefield. There was no one better looking, better dressed, better rehearsed, better to effect in that region than the Prussian army on the battlefield in terms of conquest later on. That has to come from somewhere. Now, we're before they inherit all that, but the point is that's still there. Those seeds are there. You know, right. Moldova is, is they're survivors. They're people who've been raided, conquest, you know, the Ottomans and whatnot and going back and forth with war. They're survivors. They're gonna be different. Right? And it's important that we grasp that culture as the Zemis clan to understand those two differences. Right. Now, that's not sold to Zemis, but it's ultra in it's it, it's enhanced. Is it enhanced and looking for focused? As as the Zemisi are, as they do here. Right. Why it's done? Because when you have culture to speak to. When you have a lineage to call upon, you have something that, that backs up all your story right. as to who and what you're playing. And it, it breathes life into you. And because of that, they develop certain cultural things, such as you don't enter my land unless you're as a guest. And we all know of this, right? It's I send a letter of request or whatever it is because I have business to come to you on and, or something on your land and because I was polite and sending that request, it's based on how that fiend, that voivode, feels about my voivode. Or if I'm that voivode. Now, if it's accepted, I come in, and I'm family. The moment I get there, they'll send a group of protectors to come pick me up, and servants to showcase what they have here in the land. The more powerful or different, the better. Like, if I, there are lupines in the land, but I have a deal, and one of those lupines are a sworn guard, you know, every spring or whatever the case is. And yes, that can happen. Um, sure, that that Lupine and Antony is cool. They're going to come lead me back and I'm going to brag that this is what I have, look at what I have. But when the Lord meets me, he's going to, you know, do a couple things, right? Right. This book mentions three unique rites that you won't find anywhere because they kind of let them go to the wayside, and I want to mention them because you should really add them to a game in a cultural sense. One is the kiss of introduction. When I read this, I was kind of taken aback. And I was like, going, okay, how the hell did I miss this?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Back in the day, I looked it up. I'm combing the books. Can't find it. Where the hell is this kiss? It's because you won't find it, right? Um, it's something that just doesn't get, it gets left out. Um, they mention another one, which is the Chalice of Ossius Delights, which is mentioned in another book. I believe it was the Sin book, the Road of Sin, or what have you, but screw that. I'm talking in a cultural sense. If you just right. had this book, what the hell are they talking about? I will encourage you to make them up, right? To me, that kiss of introduction would be a unique twist to one that they did for lords back in the day. Or for, you know, of the region, as it were, right? right. Um, if Nate, if you visited me uh, back in the day, one of the things is, is that I eat with my hands, I also clean myself with my hands, and I wipe myself with my hands. Right? There's no real cleanser that I <laughs> use, right? It's just water <laughs> and whatever. So right. they developed kissing as a form of hello, Right now, where you kiss matters, the French get more enhanced and this kind of goes to the wayside. But um, the the hug, the the warrior arm shake, the uh, the monks would do this. It would be a simple lips touch as a Mm -hmm. greeting was a thing you can do. Uh, The French was the kiss in the corners of the mouth or a direct kiss for more familiarity. Everything matters suddenly in that regard. So I thought of a Zemis, I said the kiss of introduction has to be where the Lord offers you a chance to bite him. Right? To inflict a kiss. Right? Because normally when you meet the Lord, it could be the seven foot tall Lord and all his refinement and armor, but that lets you know there isn't going to be a kiss. He went all intimidation and shock and awe. Which right. means he's establishing power. Okay, that's not that type of meeting. But if the Lord shows up relaxed, and he has like the Dracula robe on, you know, and he's sitting there and he's like, ah, cousin, welcome. Be at peace. You know, you have my, you have my home. My home is your home. Be rested. You hunger. We have prepared for you, but first, uh, Let us kiss, you know, or something like that. And as you walk up, he offers of himself first, because that's what a host would do. You're the first to drink before the host does and blah, blah, blah. (gasps) Things like that. So, you know, wherever you bite him would matter or whatever you want to do. And that's what occurred to me in my head. I was like, that'd have to be awesome. And the pleasure senses and whatnot. And then later on, when you start digging into the Aussie's delights and you get that it's some pleasurable experience beyond even that of a normal kiss. And and of course they would know to do that, right? There's just cool things like that that are just... You got to look up and you got to play with it to get what they were driving.
0: Well, and I, I think that uh, the one thing that we can emphasize here is that the the reasoning behind all of these things is because it seems to me, based on the writing of this clan and everything I've ever read and, and, of course, reading this, what's most important to this clan is hospitality, right? Like, the traditions of the old ways, right? Like, they, t- they talked about, like, at the beginning, the Tremere, like, being greeted... By the, you know, going to the Zemise kingdom and sort of like uh, the enemy comes into the door and that's fine. As long as you observe hospitality, like we're going to war, of course, I'm going to kill you. We're, we're going to destroy one another, but that's not here today, right? right? There's this, there's this very traditional line that runs through this clan. And I think um, something like not to be like too high horse or soapboxy. But I think that that's that's one thing that is um, maybe selectively edited out of people's play when they play this clan. Like, they're very quick to jump on like, oh yeah, the Zemis are from the old country and, you know, da 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 But when playing them, reading this and playing them in the Sabbat, there's very little difference, right? Like, this clan, to me, reading this clan in the Dark Ages has the smallest amount of changes from the dark ages to the modern, right? The thing I think that, that is missed is that a lot of players forget where the zamis come from. They forget that hospitality piece. They forget that they're an old country plan <clears throat> and very much like, like play this, read this and play this. That's what you should do both in a modern context and in the past.
1: There are, there are key differences here that I was pointing out too. Cause uh, mm-hmm. I did, a, I did a, a dork pro and con list. Because mm-hmm. I was like, there has to be a dividing line, because yeah. otherwise this is just the sabat book. And uh it's it's it is and it isn't. And that's the that's the deception. Mm-hmm. And the deception half is just what she said. Right. It's the it's the hospitality and it's the culture that mm-hmm. make it the difference. And in the Sabbat, you just get what that crosses over. People get buried. Right? Mm-hmm. It was straight stolen from the Zemis as to why they bury their children. Right. Now, the reason why they do it is simpler than anybody ever thought. You bury your child after you embrace them because you want them to crawl out of the grave to skip all the bullshit that anybody else has to go through. Yes, you're dead. You don't breathe. Yes, you crawled out of the dirt because you have died. Now, yes, let, you're not a human. So we get through all that crap. That's why they do it. You're, you're, literally, you bury them to come out and we now get to skip a conversation I didn't want to have with you. <laughs> now, let's, now let's get to the best of it. That's straight up what it's for. And you can see already where they tell us about that, too. We want to build soldiers? We'll make sure they don't feel that they're human. Divorce yeah. them of that already, and then explain the rest as you go. Right. Because they, because they say right after that, the next thing a child experiences is, is something horrendous that your Zemisi sire has planned for you to see. We go right from the grave to the disemboweling of some horrible thing, and I have you help out. Isn't that good? Awesome. Well, you're Zemise now. All right, well, now we move on. And we go from that, right? That's, that's as they set it up. And that's culture. It's a culture piece. It's what they do. Right. The Zemise right. did that. And so that's like, okay, cool. That's interesting. Well, what's the other thing? Um, Blood Feast. The Blood Feast is something that is, uh, you, 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 would think that it's, oh man, that's makes sense. I'm a vampire. Let's get 20 people and dangle them up on cords and blah, blah, uh, Nah. any, any vampire Joe Schmel can go and do that to a Zemise. That's done when you want to show on your own Voivodet, your own, uh, Demesne, or whatever you want to call it, uh, your Demence, territory yeah.
0: Demence, that, uh,
1: yep. that you want. I've, I've been critiqued on Demence so many times, right? I've had people with doctoral education tell me it's Demence, and it's spelled like Demesne, and then someone go, now it's Demesne, and I'm like, whatever, we'll just do both. Yeah, whatever spares me a message. If,
0: Zamis so, Shamase, right?
1: Right, exactly. So, uh, Demet, I will join <laughs> you in this.
0: So, we, we, can't, we can't do a, a, a <laughs> podcast about this clan without having 50 people tell us we're saying it wrong.
1: Right. Uh, so We don't care. Uh, so, so the effect is that the, the culture piece of them hanging people up, why do they do that? It's to showcase two points. One, all those people are supposed to be handpicked by the Voivote. Their odds are they're going to be someone important to them. Right. That was relevant to them as a mortal. However, they're offered to you because it's the host giving you this feast. It's not a feast to have a feast. Right? Has when to be a host. I, when I
0: offer you to, when I invite you to my house as my very special guest, I'm not going to serve you Big Macs and fries. Right? Like <laughs> that's not something. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out like the you know the prime rib and you know the 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 the, the all the great fixins. That's what I'm gonna lay out because I am the voivode. But imagine. See.
1: But let's say you pick uh, this simple naked woman Ooh. and that's who you choose to feed from and she expires. And Ooh. as you're done drinking, I grab you by the shoulder and I'm like, Nathan, it's good that you've chosen Kate. Kate was special to me. I raised her from an infant. She knew so much things about the wild and she cared so much about the plants around and she helped me grow them. She was like a daughter to me. It's good that you ate her though. I think she appreciates this. It's fucked up. <laughs> is it not
0: is yes, that is. not
1: more horrific than just somebody just whine, fuck on oh, you ate him and i don't care right, about right. her you right. don't care let's move on no 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 there's care here you've wounded this monster on the level mm-hmm. and they thank you for it right they they that's a bond you have now right and you and you go from that and that's a, that again this is nuance that you got you got to nail this home with and it gets all of it um blood music long story short um, it's, it's kinda, it's kinda going through the custom pieces, but they tell you a story about hanging up a different variety. There are those you feast from, and then there are those poor souls that were draped naked up on the ceiling as they tell in the story, and their mouths are shaped into pore size, right. and, and they're only allowed to basically exert this sound through there, it makes like a flute noise. And it's this weird inhale, and, <laughs> Out of this poor, whatever sound that makes off of like 20 individuals who are writhing in agony from hanging up on a ceiling by whatever hook they have put in, because he's providing you with music.
0: Good guy. Yeah, I I think really the, the truth of the matter is like the Zemis are disgusting. They're they are horrible. They should not be admired. However, um yeah, there, there's a lot of creativity, you know, it's, I, I always think of Hellraiser, you know, that's, that's my go-to, like, Hellraiser to me is very much like one part this clan, you know, or this clan is one part Hellraiser, one part Count Dracula, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't, uh, um, they should not be admired, however, the, they, they can be very fun to play if you're into exploring some of those, uh, darker parts of, of vampiric nature, for sure. I I admire those who try
1: to portray them and divorce yourself of your humanity to be able to play them.
0: Right. Right. Without, without being gratuitously violent. And that's, that's the thing to me is that, that you still like, there's a very delicate balance, right? It's not just like, ah, swim through rivers of flesh. Like there's, there are these sort of like self-imposed limitations to what they can and can't do or what they're willing to do. You know, to me, Having that horror that's tempered with that, like you know, supreme uh, adherence to sort of the old ways, the traditions. That's what makes them entertaining. Not just sort of like the I'm going to tear open your guts and that. You know, like, yeah, you could do that. It could be just that, but it's it's really it should be something more.
1: Right, right. And uh, real quick, so now we have another claim to hit. Uh, yep. Let's talk uh, metamorphosis, right? Because I think this is important and something that's done. I've never seen done right. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, uh, and I I say this because a metamorphosis in the Dark Ages, where they come from, is the importance of a metamorphosis to the modern. Right? Um, Right. A metamorphosis here is referred to in a clan as a type of priest. They are nothing if not profane. Most, and especially those of elder blood, scoff at the idea of divine salvation. And Mm -hmm. yet, even among the fiends, there are priests of a sort. And so, you got to sit there and wonder about it. It's like, okay, so what does that mean? Well, metamorphosis have this... They realize they have this discipline that allows them to shape and change flesh, but it is a bastardization to change someone else's flesh. You do not touch somebody else's flesh unless it is to harm, maim or creation, right? It has to have a point. And why I say that is because to a metamorphous mindset, it is a gift when you do it, right? You've learned something new and adapted. And that's why your body has thus changed or affected change. And that's what you have to do constantly. And in this, these guys go around to kind of espouse this philosophy to other Zemis and and to anyone that'll listen. And because of that, this proselytizing, it's thought that there may be a... Well, the the clan has a sort of, yes, they're ours, yes, we allow them in, but we allow them in for a reason. They travel in packs, they defend the voivode that they go through, the territories. Mm Mm-hmm. So they do that, and then in return, they're welcomed, and they're allowed to rest, get respite, speak what they're going to speak, and move on. And a lot of what they think of is classical agnostic works that kind of blend into what they're doing, because they're ever-reaching mentally and spiritually to becoming something else. And that's grand. However, when they have their own homes, their own territories, they develop what the locals have begun calling a black church. Now, a black church, you heard me and they talk about before— these were places where the Sabbat meant at one particular black church that they referred to to codify the paths of enlightenment. Right. Take them from roads and move it forward. You now just heard the origin of that. Right? This is where it is. These guys are fundamental in the creation of all things Sabbat. And this is this is that spiritual core. So when you think about the Zemis being spiritual, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that and, was the that was the thing that I was gonna um try to like connect right there was that, you know, the the two th- finding things that both the Lasambra and the Zemis Zim- have, they're both leaders. They're both, like, like leaders, masters of the state. Um, but they have that spiritual connection that binds them, right? The Zemis very much, um, if you look at the overall, like, they have the metamorphosism, They also have the coldune. They have that bind that ties them to the land, and that carries, that lays the trap, right? <clears throat> It's, we're building the railroad to the Sabat with these two clans and and there's definitely key elements here for people who are truly interested in the lore even if you're not playing dark ages like reading sure. this material can help you to build a better foundation of an understanding of that lore right so if you're a new player or you're a player that that's been playing for a little while and you're missing some key elements to the you know how we got to where we are quote unquote this is a great piece of material to get you there, and we hit the uh the part one of my favorite pieces here was you know I
1: talked about this a lot, and it was about the Ventru making an attempt uh to take over the East, and this is where its budding roots are this exact seeds right here. um they talk about the Teutonic hordes or the Teuton hordes, right, mm-hmm. and the Teutons were basically a group of barbarians at this point um who are in the territory and they're naturally fighting in Lithuania, right It's sort of where they were. And they're they're buttonhead. Since Rome, they've kind of been doing that in this area. Great fighters, right? Germanic descent, pretty cool. Um, but they eventually disappear. You like just you never hear about them. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, like centuries later, the Teutonic Knights come out of nowhere, right? And they just start stomping ground. Well, what you'll get when you read through these books, and I'm gonna just give you a sneak peek here because you're really it's gonna be we already reviewed the book. It'd be hard pressed to get to it, but the uh, seeds they lay out here is the fact that the venture are, well, they did it. They're the, they're the ones who help influence the Teutonic Knights to come down here and through here because of venture Conquest. And we'll get to that mindset in a second. Um, right. But the whole point is, this is why the Fiends are, well, upset with the venture. Right. Right, don't see eye to eye to them. This is actually the whole crux of why they didn't join the Sabbat. You invaded before you asked us anything. And as a whole, that is the grievous, most grievous insult you can give a voivode. Right? You came to take without asking. Had you asked, we might have given. You never know. Right. And that's the that's the whole point. But right. it's just an open and shut right there. Um, it's fun to read about it to learn how that goes about because I don't want to take away from this fact that even in the Zemis, particularly Lithuania, they live in terror. Because even at this point, because uh, this is a Dark Ages book, but we're after the actual Dark Ages. Right? We're in between this time, it's like 30 years after the Dark Ages before we get into the... Uh, I uh, believe
0: it's the long night or is
1: this the long night now? I forget which uh, one. it's like it's like this we're before we're before vampire twenty dark ages is the point I'm getting at.
0: yeah yeah um, so this is eleven ninety seven dark ages twenty is I believe twelve forty two if memory serves yeah. correctly yeah. yep and uh, that's that's
1: the point. but at this time, uh, what we're looking at in Lithuania is the fact that they have still older legends Zemis. There's themis that Zamis are afraid of. And here's why there's mostly marshes in this territory, right? in Lithuania. Now imagine you're the two, you're the Tutans, right? And you're warring with these people, but you, there are villages that exist where they live in terror of what is out in the swamp so much. So they build these shrines, these mm-hmm. totemic shrines out there and they sacrifice their own to them <laughs> to, to, to keep whatever is in there from coming to them. Right. We, we, we're talking about a horror film that Bob likes, right? Cause that's, right. That's the type of horror film Bob would like to see and own. And as I'm sitting here listening and reading this, I was like, "Holy shit, that's that's awesome and terrifying." You know, that right there is a story unto itself. But why do they do that? And then you find out that there exists a, a group of vampires out here, a group of Zemis who are so old that they've never heard of whatever God is. They never heard of Christ. They never. Right. They never been out here to know what your crusade was or to know what a Saracen is. Or anything, like the land naturally keeps them secluded from everything else, and anything that's tried to invade has died. <laughs> it's right. that simple. no one's ever lived to get over here to do it, and the swamps have a lot to do with that. And these guys are emaciated, they have almost they have like like very dry skin that just that just sheds itself constantly, and their skin's incredibly pale, and they're kind of hunched over, yet incredibly strong, very hale group. That floats to and f- to and fro on these skiffs. So whenever, basically, they're they're Nate. <laughs> they're not Nate. <laughs> <laughs> they're like. But when you think of a troll, right? Are you starting hearing where why people would have started thinking of that? You know what I mean? I I do mean that. Like, you know, it yeah. has to be a scary thought. Don't go in the swamp. You know, um, what is it? Black Mab, the English have, I believe, the one that comes out of the swamps to eat people. Anyway, I don't know.
0: Anyway, that's, that's... That's your territory, honestly. It, I don't. it is. I'm almost <laughs> probably as a black
1: map. But the, uh, the point is, is that uh, these these things oh, are out there doing the, it.
0: The New Jersey devil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they're a revenant family is what they're talking about, right? So you right. have these villages here, and then there's this revenant family that served these amis. and then there's one in particular that's out here. He's called the White God of the North, Bilobog. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an awesome character, because Bilobog has this thing where he sheds his own skin, in, in little tiny flakes that like to go with the snows and oh, then blow God. with the land and it, and it infects everything and people breathe it in and the mushrooms have it and they kick it on and the plants absorb it. And basically they describe how this entire, from, from the Baltic Sea to the swamps of the Pripyat Marshes, he sails on a skiff from place to place and they live in terror of ever glancing at him. Because if you can see the bog it means you're already dead.
0: It's stuff like that. I'm reading that and like, I really enjoy this stuff because I, I like the, the, the horror of it. I like the potential for how terrifying and terrible that stuff can be. I don't know who came up with some of these characters. Like, obviously, they must come from, like, some sort of, uh, you know, like, like, they're based off of characters that exist in, in people's mythology. But some of these writers, I just want to be like, you, you sick bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you, you sick bastards. Well, I know what you're thinking. Well, Bob, if they're still around, oh,
1: man, it, can I be a descendant of Balabog? No. I'll tell you <laughs> why. See, in 1269, Balabog will make his last stand atop an ancient worship site deep in the Lithuanian forest. A troop of Teutonic knights, Ventru, bearing fire and cross, will ride at him. Although the Methuselah will survive their assault, he won't survive the Anarch Lugaj Bloodbreaker, who will slay him and de him. Mm-hmm. It's an important note. So the writer, as much of a bastard as they are for writing a story, and Bob applauds and would like to have a beer with you one day. Um, and Bob doesn't like beer. I'll stomach it for you. (laughs) And then we get this down here to Lou Guy's Bloodbreaker. And I'm like, this is genius because you knew there'd be a group of people to go, Oh Pilot Bug's awesome and it would take away from the clan. And then he went, Oh no, Emma Newton better. He could smoke. <laughs> You're not going to exist in those times. The Teutonic Knights believe in God. The Crusaders have come over to kick ass and take names. That's just what they do, and it's it's open and shut. You don't. But again, allow us to be White Wolf and tell you. After all, it's your game, right? If you want to buy still alive. <laughs> right.
0: Sorry, it's my right. violin noise, right. but you know, do you? Do you? Right. Absolutely. So, do you want to move on to the venture now? I do because we've,
1: uh, I lied to you and I, I actually absolutely easily could make this go a whole cast. So let's, uh,
0: yeah. I, so of course, this is a we could for sure. However, I, I'm a firm believer. Yeah. We, we could spend an hour on the, on this clan, but like I still want you to read it. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. the one th- here's the one takeaway we're, we're reviewing, we're giving you a summary, but that's to spark your interest. We want you to go out and get this book and read it yourself. Right. Um, Partially, Ventru, yeah, but the Ventru, the Ventru. So I, I like the Ventru clan. I always have. They're one of my favorite clans, right? A lot of people see them as very vanilla, very straightforward, very leadership, and I feel like chapters like this one in this book are why they have that opinion. Um, spoiler alert: did not care for this chapter really at all, and the one. The like the very few little parts of it that I liked I felt like they didn't devote enough attention to. And I certainly would have rather read those stories. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So um I so here's number one. The first thing that struck me was um the the references to the Deva, the secret masters, and I thought I was done with that shit. I thought it was over. I, and then reading this, I'm like, I don't I don't care about that. I don't want it. That's not... No, that's annoying we, to me. We
1: caught the part where they decry those people as insane, right?
0: Well, th- all throughout the chapter, they reference the Deva.
1: Right. They, they, In the parts they reference them, it's they throw them in like, and there are people among us who will say that it's the Deva that did this, but they're right. fools. Right. Because they can't understand that this is why this happened. And the yeah. people who throw up the Deva are some of that they don't even like. Right. The vast hold is the Ecclesiasticals, right? Mm-hmm. Because Venture at this point, they have four divining factions, right? You have the Byzantines, which basically when Rome fell, they all went to the Eastern Rome, right? right? That's where they went, which, you know, is Byzantine. That's where they went. Constantinople mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. Keep the Roman traditions alive. That's their point. You have the right. Incanu, which the Incanu exists to avenge Rome's fall. That's what the Enkanu is for. They're not there to just be Methuselahs to watch for the Jihad from afar. These are people who took very, 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 very fucking hard the loss of Rome. Because mm-hmm. the amount of effort that was put there. And they are often the Enkanu are children from then. And that's right. that's that point. And then you have the nobles. The nobles are the venture you know. You know them. Manipulate the noble classes, influence the kingdom, grow all that influence, get all that money. That's right. that's them. And then there's the damn ecclesiasticals. These are focused on the church to influence the people through the church, devout followers. You're going to find that being typical in the dark Ages setting of any clan. They're all going to have a bid for that church, which is, which is your source of culture. And that's why maybe
0: uh, I just real quick, like maybe the reason why I don't care for this section too much is because like, I just had, I just had like the biggest rock concert with (laughs) the Lysambra and the Zemise where like, you know, it was like all the big ones showed up, right? Like, Whoever your your favorite bands are, and then it was like, oh, but closing it is. I'll I'll use a band I don't like as an example. Like closing out the show tonight is Green Day, <laughs> and I'm like, great, Green Day. Like I kind of liked them when I was 14, but like I'm like okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it was just like by the time I got to here, it was very much like just I'm reading this, and it's <laughs> like they're they're telling me the summary of politics in the 1300s, or the, the 13th century. And I'm like, ugh, I can't. But I can't what you're not it.
1: understanding is that the, the other cl- if they weren't for this clan, if they weren't for this section, mm-hmm. your Lassamber, your Zemis wouldn't have what they have.
0: Okay, I, I can understand that. I, I can agree with you on that. Um, I mean, it's, however, it's... it still bored the shit out of me.
1: Because <laughs> right. we got to remember, back to the beginning, who, who spawned the Greek, the Greek wars ongoing? Who influenced it? Right from from those who remember, you're probably screaming out. Well, Sparta was influenced, right? Right. So the Spartans, right there. You also had the Bruja who were over in Athens tending to that as well. And so, and by influence, I mean they were influenced by them and thus governing with them, right? Finding out ways right. to get these guys going. And you remember Camilla the chicken? I know you do, <laughs> right? Camilla the yeah. chicken was a part of that. This is part of her whole th- brainchild that made this possible. I've well, been the,
0: told that Camilla is a is a male.
1: Whatever don't be called camilla you want to be a male whatever and and i'm in 2019 you could be a male or female it's whatever camilla identifies with okay and that's and that's how it it goes
0: let's let's reference it to what it actually is it's a vampire so we'll call it it okay so because it's probably too powerful for such nonsense
1: well i'm just trying to change that vision here right so we know that the venture kickstart the seeds right they're just like the story starters and then you get the Bruja and you see that rivalry and we move forward, right? And then you add the Lasambra out of nowhere, right? To come from pirating in the Iberian Peninsula, right? That's what right. It seems to be where they come from. Now the Zamis are sitting over here, they're handling their thing in the old country. Alright, that explains it too, because the known world is not the world we live in right now. The known world's right. Europe. Right? That's that's where they're sitting at, or as far to the east as the Mongol horde will rumble. And that's that's where you have it. So when you look at it, that can find, and you start thinking about this, these Venture are really important because at this time, the Venture live by three rules, right? I right. call them the grand lessons, or the great lessons, what I'll call them. Number one, defend what is yours. Paramount, simply, whatever you've taken that is yours and you must defend it. The second lesson, the acquisition of power only whets the appetite for more. Think about that. Right. Those are conqueror words, Right. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm Venture right now because damn it that makes sense to me.
0: So right? so real quick I want to jump in so that we know who we're talking about. So Camilla is actually like um it's a uh it's a sub-ricade. it's like not, you know, it's a it's an epithet. Uh it's but the actual character is Titus Venturous Camillus, which is how they should have referenced it forever in every book because we definitely would have had a different impression.
1: Look, it's too late, Titus. <laughs> right. You, now you, you Camilla out. now. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's done. I'm sorry. That's what happened, you know. I
0: just want I just want to say the, the character's childer is Tiberius Conifex, which is like the most bad like don't hide these names. Where am I pride? <laughs> Look, Sejanus so Africanus.
1: How'd you get that name? Badass Holy conquered shit. animal? I am Latin as fuck. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm Latin as right? <laughs> All right.
0: Hold on. <laughs> hold up. Do you? I'm not trying to get involved here. Okay.
1: okay. And, and here's the final lesson. Uh, we must combine the strengths of the children of Seth and the children of Cain uh, to resist the manipulations of the antediluvians. Now, mm-hmm. why is that pivotal? Nate doesn't like... The secret masters. I don't like that term either. I think it's ill-defined. They call them the Deva. Right. Now, the Deva is a cool term. It's not a bad term. Right? We know that it gets reused again in another, another edition of... In the Chronicles of Darkness, it's used mm-hmm. again. It's a badass claim. But the Deva are basically gods. That's what they are. They don't know what the hell it is, this mapian, but they know they exist. Right? And the yeah, Venture know. Because eventually hold the reins of power. They sit back and they analyze all this data that bores the nates in the world. Uh-huh. And they go, this is conquest and we've been conquesting. How the hell did we lose that territory? That was ironclad. We had everyone paid off. We had everyone in their place. Everyone knew what they were doing. Why did they fall apart? And then one of them, when somebody goes, and it's probably one of these ecclesiastical dumbasses, it was like, well, God wills it? Okay. Does he? Kill that son of a bitch and find out who did it. And then someone goes, but my lord, who did it was a powerful, unknown vampire that awoke and apparently oh, didn't well, like yeah, what happened. Yeah. So, what do we call them? Well, fine. I guess don't kill them, but know that your Deva has two legs and fangs. Okay? I mean, that's, that's, that's <laughs> how they treat them, right? Let's yeah, not call it's... it the boogeyman because we know the boogeyman has a face.
0: And they kind of yeah. hammered here where they didn't in that first clan book. They, so they, they definitely, they talk about that here. Um, but you know, they, I, I, I don't know. It's to me, it's like, we don't know why we failed. So it's the Deva.
1: but it, they, th- it, but they throw around some big points here. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk to you about two. I won't go through it all, but let me throw up the Venture Alexander, the Prince of Paris. Right. Venture mm-hmm. Alexander was a badass. Truly was. He's a traditional venture prince like you know and love. He's a tyrant when he needs to be, and he's justice in the best of knights. And he's trying to deal with, understand why he's a badass. Fifth gens were typical walking around at this time. They had territory, and then you would see their children, and if you had a problem, Big Daddy Fifth Gen would come talk to you. Right. Or Big Mama Fifth Gen, depending on what, what area you were saddened to be a part of, you know, depends on what you got. He existed and stood out in a time where. Really there was competition. But Alexander, fourth gen, they say, was sitting there kicking rocks in Paris, in Paris when Paris was dominant. They were everywhere. They owned most of England. They owned our territory of England, the island as they called it. And you know, and Paris is rocking it out everywhere else. And we have that, but they're hotly contesting each other because Clan Ventru, the nobles of Clan Ventrue, are trying to rule them nobles. So are the Torador. The Torador are also warring with the other Torador for control over Paris, right? It's Tordor dominant, so there's this wild thing going on. But then out of nowhere, Venture Alexander's the prince. Well, how do we contest him? And Clan Tordor goes, we'll create our own system of matter, where we matter. And they team up, and they call it the courts of love. Right. And they do it, and they go, well, we didn't think of it. These mortals thought of it, so we're just using what they have. And suddenly these nobles are like, yes, to love without ever touching her. That is an ideal and a grand one. Will you wear this rose? Will you wear this, please, it's, I love you, I know you're married, and I know it's wrong, but, you know, chivalry is the idea we're hammering home, but the tortoise see it as a form of control. And rightly so, it is. To love from afar but never touch sounds like a deal. Let's just call it manipulation, folks. It's manipulation. Right. right. And so that's what it is. And I know this already, I've already had this debate and chats with people. Bob, chivalry was a manipulation. Yes, it is. You convinced a bunch of knights, nobles, who were trained in war, And had the money to have what they have. Who had no war to fight. And they were getting more violent and more violent. And the tournaments were getting rocking out. And nobles were hating nobles. And you decided that instead of just marrying these knuckleheads off. You threw into their head the idea that they could love someone from afar without going to war in that estate. Kill everybody on it and take her for themselves. You were stopping them from committing a worse crime. That's a manipulation though. Mm -hmm. And you worked it in such a way where it convinced them that that was a good thing. And you know what? It was. It spawned all sorts of poetry and poetry writing and classical bullshit that I really, I feel it's cool, it's no big deal, but I don't have time to tell you here. But now Clantorador, who's often lauded as this, ah, they're just cupids. they just Cupid. Nah, they're pimps. They figured it out. <laughs> and, they, and they cracked the whip. And they said, hey, Alexander. Hey, boo. You're in Paris. You're the Prince of Paris. We just want to talk to you for a little bit. Right. Right, And so they, they have this group, and Alexander he isn't stupid. Alexander sits back and he's like, "Hmm, you wish to talk to me. I'll allow it, but I allow everyone to come and speak. What wait, wait, Paris is ours, like collectively. No, no, Paris is mine. You could be here and we'll allow anyone else that is of sufficient standing and of proper bearing to be here. You hear what I'm right. saying? Right? This is the birth of your high courts, folks. Right. Your high clans versus slow clans. This is this is where this is leading to. You know it is. And they invite him in to talk about all the stuff the clans have to worry about. But what you don't know about Alexander or why it's a good story, the Torador freaking honeypot him. They give him this chick, right? There's this chick he's sweet on. Right? At court. And it's a Torador. And they yeah, kind of... Pro-
0: this is the, this is in my notes.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. I won't no, take no, it no, from no.
0: you. No, no, no. no. The, you, it's in my notes as... Exclamation mark, the Rose story, exclamation mark.
1: <laughs> so I forget her name. It's an L. I think it, it might have been Liliana, something like that. It's a lovely L name. Right, what is, right. It's
0: a, it's a lovely L name. It's lovely uh, L name. Uh, yes, it's glorious. Y- yes. Those of you who know every word in these books will know it by heart. I, to me, it does not matter.
1: <laughs> I don't know how fine this woman had to be. It, it's it's uh, Lorraine. Lorraine. Okay. Lorraine. Yes. Beautiful name. I don't know how fine she had to be. I don't know how well spoken she had to have been Yeah, to woo a fourth gen. Methuselah existed for thousands of years. Yeah. BC was easily where he's from. Right. Here he is kicking rocks. And this girl shows up and he's smitten and he has to have her. Right. And she's like, no. And he's like, but I'm the prince. No, I <laughs> you're, bitch. You're going to be mine. No. And don't call me that. You're right. I'm sorry. And the courts of love write him a demerit, right? Prince, right. Prince Alexander, you're on notice. We don't refer to them as bitches. You got it wrong. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, you can have some more territory. And I'm not joking. As much of a joke as I'm making, it's, it's essentially what's going on. Right. Right. The courts of love make all these rules that these people suddenly are given a shit about for some reason and tyrants and whatever, and probably because they're bored. But the point is he gets the rain. The tortor like, you agree to this, we'll give you her. He agrees to it. There you go. Suddenly, they're more powerful in Paris than ever he was with one act, right? And these grand courts are where they get this power. Well, while Alexander's out playing with the rain, trying to win her affections, because get this, no matter what he does, no matter what he gives her, no matter how he is, she doesn't pay him any attention. We're talking in a time where you, okay, just because we're together doesn't mean that you have to talk to me.
0: Right. She, she never admits to having feelings for him. You at know, all. He, he's, like, he's like, here's a rose, here's candy, here's whatever, blah, blah, blah. Here's every way I can win your affection. And she's like, no. You know, right. She keeps him at an arm's length, keeps him at a distance.
1: Well, out of nowhere, from her own coterie... like Well, Prince Alexander has to leave. He has to go ten business elsewhere. One time. He's really oh, been right. away from his area. And he leaves one time, and, he, and he's gone... And in comes in this, this rooster, man, this guy from her own coterie, and sweeps her off her feet, and they flee, right? They're like, we're getting away, screw him, Venture, we're both toward ah, ha, ha! and they're running away. And Alexander, from where he was, is like, nah, nah, I did like that, get them, get them both. <laughs> and and as it, it, they describe it, like they're about to leave, and he re, he shows you why he's Prince of Paris.
0: Yeah, he uses the full might of his potential, the full the potential of his might. I guess would be the appropriate yes. way to say that the full uh, width and breadth of his power to bring them back. And that torador's name is lost to eternity. Like he's just done, smoked I, goodbye. I can, I can get his name if you want. No 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 no. <laughs> we we right. smoked. He just said gone. no. He it says in there the Torador he destroyed outright. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: clears throat> I'm sorry, Torador. Yes, he's gone. Never to be spoken of again. <laughs> um at any rate, he gets hurt and does like man, I hate to admit this in myself. I have been so jealous and so angered by that jealousy that I thought of the most devious and evil shit to do to the woman I swore I loved. That said she loved me too. We've all been there. Everybody's been there in that moment where your heart was broke. And that happened. You're thinking back on those thoughts. Well, they personified in this writing. And they talk about how Alexander has this woman who would never say a kind word to him towards his affections. But wouldn't also break it off with him. Right? She she didn't tell mm-hmm. him, right. I don't feel any sort of way about you. She just led him on and on and on. And right. so he did this whole court love thing and that fell on his face. He looks like the fool. Got mocked. This this That dude's dead. It's so hard, history don't know who it was. Right? <laughs> now, <laughs> right. now your an ashtray? <laughs> right. Now, she's here, and uh, this dude's like, you know, he's got no one. He doesn't have Bob, who who gets to sit his shoulder and tell him, yo, Alexander, man, that's the girl you love, and so she doesn't love you. Let it go. It's your own eagle you're battling. Get over it. That's all you get, Man, just let it go. Because right. he would tell me, I'm the prince of fucking Paris, and my name's Alexander, Bob. Like, all right, I'm sorry. And he goes, no, nah, what I'm going to do... Is I'm gonna start draining her slow like, and I'm gonna let these drops of blood fall on this rose, this, this, or is it lily? I forget. It was it was a it's white a, rose. It's, it's definitely a white rose. a rose. Yes. yes. Let it fall on this white rose, and I don't even know what he's doing by the description. I, he's walking. Is he walking up Nate and just I, biting the neck? And
0: I, I don't. So so that that was where I was like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell they mean by draining her blood and soul into a rose, but. Yeah, over like the course of what like a week or something like that, he like slowly drains her I very think, essence into this rose. I think it's so that something. He may hateful. Possess it. Right. I, think, I don't know. Like, I honestly they, think it's like a ritual. It's like a ritual. Ain't no like, ritual you ever heard of. No, of course. Of course coor- <laughs> that that's my point. That's why I underlined it because I wanted to mention it here, because I was like, what fucking what gothic as writing? Well, it's has been this. It, okay. it is, but it like it I'm
1: like what's he doing best I could think of it and th- here I'm gonna bring you to it okay bring mm-hmm. you to my head real quick right. he has her laid out held down uh-huh. and he has this rose in front of him and he professes all the love he has for her still and all the love that she refused mm-hmm. and as he's telling her this he bends down and drains a little more of her blood but he mm-hmm. doesn't drink it because he tells her with a mouthful of blood as you denied me your affections I will deny the pleasure of drinking of what you are and he lets the drop saturate this rose. So it looks savage, right? You just have this blood falling down the maw, falling on a rose in front of her. She can't bear to see it, but it's this violent-ass act. And then he licks the wound, and he goes about his business for the night. But nothing's more important than coming back to this moment, right? Right. It's the most intimate these two have ever been, and, it's, and he's beyond reproach. He's, he's like, Goddamn Venture. And Alexander, probably Roman or Greek at best, Right. Somebody who gets that stuff. And uh, it's tragic, right? Because what happens at the end?
0: Yeah. So on the seventh night, uh, you know, he leans down and he's about to complete the, the ritual and, um, you know, finish draining her of her last bit of energy. And then with like the just the last tiniest bit of strength that she has, has she utters the words, I love you. And then the last drop of blood drains from her and forever stains the rose. And I'm like, oh, you can't help but feel for this cat. You were with him. It was
1: like, he's righteous. There was a deal made. She said she wanted to be there. She was there, joined everything. At any point, she could have told him no, but you know the clan put her there. They probably groomed her to be there. And so she's there a political purpose. And Alexander's fucking with. He's like, nah, you're here because you want to be here. You don't got to do this. Hey. Hey, boo, I'm Alexander. What's up? She's like, no, no. And then ran away with the dude she wanted to be with, but never told him. Like, he didn't rate ever. He didn't rate in being a friend. He didn't rate in being anything but a dude getting used. And when he realized it, he took the revenge, he should have. And he has that back And as he's doing it. She realizes the one way to commute. Or actually, let me be honest. It doesn't say one way or the other. I'm a two minds about it. I sincerely think this woman fell in love with him when he was doing this. Because he's not professing a hate. His very act's not a hateful act. Not totally. Right? she didn't know what's going on. But mm-hmm. he's coming in and drinking slowly. And he's trying to, he, he's probably fighting every fucking night to not go in and kill her. Mm-hmm. Can we be real? That has to be something to see her. He's like, I can't do it. I got this beast rearing for it. But the human in me is in here. And I, I'm doing justice. I am the prince. You made me kill you. Because if, if I don't kill you, the whole court's going to know. The whole territory's going to be in revolt. I got to figure it out. And as he's in here dealing with it, the last drops fall. She's like, "I love you." And in the back of his head,
0: that human part of him was, "We told you, bro. Bob told you. I get over your ego. I want to say, the way that you paint this picture is significantly better than I read it. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly like hearing you retell it is better than me reading it because me reading it, honestly, um. Like, I don't even want to say what I thought, because I feel like it's going to diminish how you portrayed it, because I feel like how how you no no, 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 no. Don't be sorry, because how you interpret it is probably how it was intended to be right. All. And I apologize to everyone listening, because they're probably going to get the same thing. Like, Nate, you're kind of a dick, because the whole time I was reading it, I was just like, I want to read about what Mithras is doing. (laughs) Like that the the whole time. I'm like, I would rather be reading about this this hard scrabble fucking ancient motherfucker who rolled into London and just started be, do, doing deals and backbiting and, and took took his sweet ass time over the centuries and now rules England without peer. But instead I got the story of the Rose where I was like I was just fixated on like what fucking ritual are they doing?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> Let me, but let me, let me put but, my but, box up.
0: Here, here's fine. the thing, I'll though, Put it real away. quick, real quick, just to finalize. Reading that story, I was like, "This is like the most hardcore, like gothic story I've ever read in one of these vampire books." Right? Like we talk about like gothic punk and like the concept of what vampire is, and like to me, this is everything that this game it was intended to be. Right? Right? You're bleeding on the rose, unrequited love the just getting stabbed in the heart when your lover finally admits that that she loved you and you just and you're the madness that it brings like this is one of those classic stories that makes this game. And and without a doubt you telling the, the tale in return to me has made me go, oh Jesus, this is absolutely like one of those key stories that that really tells what this game is. So I, basically, basically, thank you.
1: We you are welcome, and it's and I, I told the story right because I one I was affected by. It. I thought it was awesome, like you. Yeah. Uh, the other reason is because it does tie to Mithras, right? Mm-hmm. Here's why: England's just an island, right? right. That's the the Plantagenet violence is going on, and you guys look that up because right, that's that's going to take an hour just to explain if I could do it quickly i will give it an attempt basically uh, there's like call him the Emperor of France right and that's and that's who it has and he makes two kings one for England one for one for uh, France we'll
0: but it's all us two kings right
1: but you but, but you don't need them right <laughs> That's the point the two kings is too too many. And they immediately get to squabbling, right? They're just smashing each other all over the field, right? Oh, sorry, smash's different in your era. I apologize, millennials. Uh, they get to <laughs> worry. They get to warring. they get to war with each other. Okay, I can't even with you today, Bob.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, they were they were smashing their armies together.
1: <laughs> there was much oil and rejoicing,
0: but no. They were... <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I hate everybody that looks like you. <laughs> Long
1: story. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll clip that. Basically, the mortals are warring because they're trying to define the lands. They're trying to earn uh, the, the British lands back up there, as it were. Well, they won't ever really codify it, but they're making that a thing right now. And one side's winning. They're getting them back. Well, um, fun. That's great. But what's the immortal side doing? Paris is losing its grip because all that political infighting, the only thing to hold them in check was the Prince of Rome. The courts of love conspired, and they won to remove that hold, and they did it by driving him mad. And someone steps in. Now, the importance of the person who steps in, she's the Countess Severnine. I believe that's how you say her name.
0: Uh, sure, you can say it that Savier, way. That's absolutely fine. I don't know. I, <laughs> Saviard.
1: Saviard. Um I, she's, a, she's a powerful venture in her own right, right? And she steps in to help guide Alexander to a state of normalcy. So he can attend the Grand Court and try to establish a hold of what's going on there. Why this is important. You got Mithras who woke up, right? Mithras was in Torpor mm-hmm. when most of that was going on. And he went right. to Torpor when Rome was here. Right. He was like, I like Rome. I dig Rome. What's up, Rome? Look at this! All right. <laughs> and he goes into Torpor, right? <laughs> That's what he did. It's what he did. And, and when he woke up, they're like, we are monks. We don't fight no one. <laughs> <laughs> what is this right and he gets to look around and there's some knights who knight and he's like you a knight and he's like yeah you alright knight what happened to Rome well they, they fell and they went to like Constantinople I think well that's away from me it is who are you I am the god Mithras oh shit my, <laughs> my dad worshipped you what's up Mithras <laughs> you know and he's like yeah that's what I thought let's build
0: a temple yeah build me some temples So they start. Bunch of temples. And what what does the Venture Clan do? They're like, like, no, no, no temples. No, no, no. This is a God fearing country. (laughs) Burn those temples. And Mithras was like, burn my temples? You want to start some shit? Y'all must have forgot who Mithras is. Hold on. Y'all burn my temples, right? I'm just going to lay back in the cut. Right? And what I'm going to do is now, for like the next three centuries, I'm just going to turn brother against brother, friend against friend. And y'all are just going to fight. Nobody's going to know. Oh, I'm here the whole time. Hey, what's up? I'm Mithras. Are are they working for me? Are they working for me? I don't know. As long as you all kill each other. (laughs) Well said. That's just precisely
1: what he does. He he does a pimp move. Like, just has it all laid out. And more importantly than even that, he tells the surviving clans, get to Scotland. You go somewhere I don't care about, but you don't be here by tomorrow night. (laughs) <laughs> like he just pushes them straight out and they're like, like this gets back to the grand court and they're thinking to themselves well we got Alexander but Alexander's not Mithras what do you mean Alexander's I don't care about Mithras he's over there I'm in France and he has an island I, I don't. where's my lover and then you have this countess going <laughs> right. your lover's in your room remember we brought her ghost back so she could speak with you right oh Bob not going to find this in your book Bob did dirt he dug he figured that out that bitch evil Sevier is vile man she went in there and she that's how she brought his madness back that that love is even more gothic than you thought nate Mm -hmm. there's like a ghost it's her talking to alexander letting him know it's okay and she still cares for him and she does love him and he still can't touch her (laughs) see what i'm saying he'll feel that i I do i do one foot in the grave but that's not in this book Right, but point is you don't know that yet, so ignore that. Strike it from right. the record. Right. Uh, but all right. So um in, in the course of Mythers doing all this, we're at a point where the Venture Clan's trying to be like, Well, what do we do? And the only thing they know is this is all the higher Echelon Elder portion right. of the Venture Clan. This isn't the pimps that everybody knows the Venture Clan are at this point. The warriors are warring. Those soldiers and knights are out here committing conquest. Remember the rules. The acquisition of power only whets the appetite for more. And the Germanic venture are laying pipe trying to get across uh, the eastern half of the known world. They're, they're making that war. They're making it happen. And they here fully admit to the fact that they know about the Zemis and are having trouble with the Zemis, so they soften them up. And they give them uh, the, the funding they need as Tremere, excuse me, to oppose and buy them time and give them soldiers. And then they also put the Teutonic Knights over there. They fund to have them directed that way. The ecclesiarchs and the nobles agree it's a good idea. So too they agreed. The church nodded their head about heathens working in the forest. We told you about Byllobog on purpose, and so you understand why the church went. Yes, of course. There's God fearing people <laughs> making pagan sacrifices to, <laughs> right. to the god who needs lotion or needs some lotion liniment and probably needs to use that. What was that old school? Uh, to stop your head from flaking,
0: whatever it is, needs. I need don't a, know. Some Head and Shoulders. But yeah, either head and way, Shoulders. That's what it was. <laughs> either way, that shit ain't right.
1: It's got to go. Everybody
0: knows. Everybody knows. Flaky God got to go. <laughs> no flaky God, man. I ain't no, gonna get no, no, nothing no, done. No. You got to yeah. way too much going on. Well, I don't know. Um, I think let's let's leave some to the imagination. Yeah. Um, Word. I think I think we pretty much wrapped up the ventrue are. Um, There's a, basically, I would say if you are a fan of this game and you're a fan of like the history of what's going on, this, the venture section is going to be for you. I would say the book period is for you. You should, you should pick that up and read it. If you want to know foundationally, like what's going on with this clan, what's going on with any of these clans in this time, what, what's happening before the Sabbat, Bob, what the hell happened before the Sabbat? Here you go. (laughs) Founders of clans are alive and kicking. They're up and moving, and that's what sort of shapes these clans into what they eventually become. Here's a good point to read it. And the final footnote
1: for the venture I want to put in, they do have minor factions that you can hear by the name will grow into power. One is the Eastern Lords, Mm -hmm. the other one is the Merchant Princes, right? For obvious reasons. And we won't get into them, because like Nate said... Bygones be bygones here. Yeah, and uh, let's let's move on.
0: Just like with the Lasombra, you're going to find with both of the clans, you're going to find you know some of that crunch. You're going to find some of those uh, disciplines, some merits and flaws, which may or may not be relevant depending on which version of Dark Ages you're playing. Um, But either way, the information presented here, I I think it's really brilliant what they did with with Dark Ages because, like, even if you're not if you're playing Vampire Twenty, Dark Ages. This stuff is still going to be relevant from a historical setting, like and it, you. You definitely can still use this material. And I
1: would like to birth uh, something to you, Nate. Birth. That's weird. Let me give you something. It's <laughs> <is> going to <laughs> it into existence. Um, the Venture anti Tribune, yeah. is here in a template. Yeah.
0: Did you catch that? Um, I didn't, but I can hold on. Let me consult the grimoire. Okay. I, 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 I'm just a bad, uh, um. Is it the Deva Hunter? <laughs> Absolutely. You did. You <laughs> right would probably. I thought you might have missed it because it has
1: Ward verse Nate on there with that Deva on it. But it's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, no. that's, I got it. I got it. <laughs> nah, straight yeah, up, that's. Uh, it up was like that dude's got a head in his hand and a sword. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I'm pretty sure ante right there.
1: Yeah, just hunting down them them Deva to kill him. That's it. Yeah. Don't you talk yeah. about Nick caught it, folks. Sharp as attack.
0: Yeah, so if you're if you're currently playing in an uh, Obi Wan LARP and you want to know what the Devar are, they're not whatever has been presented in your game. Um, they're just they're just powerful supernatural entities trying to control the world, except for the Ventru, because they're fighting against them. So, um, yeah. Anyways, that's not that's not a, that's I'm not I'm not trying to like do anything there. Anyways, thank you. Uh, so next week we return with a a new a new review, a new zoo review. We are going to be reading and reviewing Clash of Wills, which uh, I believe is a um, scenario. So uh, we'll try real hard to uh, to give that a positive review because um, it's. I, anyways, it's the first one of of Dark Ages that we've read, so I really have no idea what to expect. I don't know. Um, you know, for module purposes, what dark ages looks like. Um, you know, we've done, we've done the Giovanni Chronicles, which I, are not quite dark ages. Uh, right. But yeah. So, so, uh, I'm interested. I'm very, uh, I'm excited actually to read it. Um, because I, I don't know what a module for dark ages looks like. So, um, I do see that Bob has a, a strained look on his face and he's waving me off like he does. You're um, golden. You're golden. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. We definitely appreciate your continued uh, service and, and patronage. Um, you can listen to the end of this podcast to find out how you can help to support us a little bit more, um, or just check us out at patreon.com forward slash 25 years of vampire the masquerade on one word. I believe that's correct. Um, check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. Um, do those things. Also, As we get new material, as new games come out, we want to share in the same excitement with you. We're planning on being at Gen Con this year. If you would like to hang out with us at Gen Con, if you uh, would like to sit down with us and, you know, bend our ears with the, you know, theories about the game and all that fun stuff, uh, let us know. Hit us up on Discord um, or any of the other ways that you can get in touch with us. We are sort of tentatively planning a meetup. I'm working on stuff. So if you're going to be a Gen Con, you like our podcast, reach out to us. We'll have more information for you in the future. So, um, But anyways, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you again later. Thank you. Thank you for listening to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. If you like our podcast and you'd like to help support our show, consider backing us at patreon.com forward slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. We offer reward tiers of additional Patreon-only podcasts, t-shirts, and personalized gaming experiences. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and go to our website, utilitymuffinlabs.com for links to all of our social media, additional podcasts, and more. If you'd like to chat with us, submit a title for review, promote your gaming-related Stuff or anything else you can think of, email me at Nathan at UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Utility Muffin Labs, consistently rated adequate.